Let's drop the green flag on this episode of the Talent Tank Podcast with your host, Wyatt Pemberton, bringing you the best, fastest, most knowledgeable personalities in Ultra 4 and off-road racing. All right, here we are, King of the Hammers 2020. Out here at Lasertown, the Talent Tank, we've got Dawson Allington. Hi, Wyatt. How's it going? Thanks Dawson, for having me on. Man, Dawson, thank you for coming on. Yeah, I'm excited. When I first started out with this podcast, I was brainstorming with a few people, and multiple people came back and told me that I need that you were a name that I needed to get on, and I didn't know who you were. Mm-hmm. And as I started following your story and learning a little bit about you, I was like, yeah, absolutely. And finally, the opportunity presented itself. We're at the same place. Mm-hmm. We're at King of the Hammers 2020. Yeah. We're able to flange up, get you down to uh, Cody Wagner's place down here, Laser Town. Yeah, this place is awesome. <laughs> it is. It really is. The yep. wind is actually starting to pick up a little bit here. We are on the the eve of apparently a pretty nasty storm. Not excited about it. I wish this would have waited maybe another day until the wind could pick up and blow the dust off the course for Wednesday. But, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. Ah, they're talking about 75 mile an hour wind. So by the time this airs, people look back and be like, either the forecasters were right or, yeah. or we were. They were yeah. so wrong. I hope that I hope they are violently wrong. Yes, I agree. <laughs> so Dawson, how old are you? I am 24. 24, yep. and you uh, you hail out of Utah, like somewhere around Salt Lake City. Yep. Yeah, it's just a it's the suburbs of Salt Lake, uh, West Jordan. Okay, it's just a I city have heard and, of that. Yep. All right. And when did you get into off road, and how did you get into it? So. I've kind of always been in off-road. My dad, uh, when I was growing up, he, well, let me go back further. When my dad met my mom, he was actually racing uh, quads. Okay. And so, and he was going to our local sand dunes a lot and then bought my mom a quad and said, this is a story I heard at least, uh, that he told her if this is going to work, you're going to have to enjoy this type of lifestyle. And so she bought, or she got into the, the quads and rode a lot. And then they ended up, you know, they had kids, so they had to sell them and whatnot. And then he got into sandrails and I would always be in the right seat in the sandrail with him. Um, no matter what we were doing. I mean, we, we, had, we call it the face down. It's called little Sahara, uh, OHB area or something like that. And, uh, it's a really steep hill, like Banshees, uh, Yamaha Banshees have a hard time getting up at sometimes. And he would stand it on the back wheels the entire way up and just wheelie up oh, the face. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it was awesome. so much fun. And you're just screaming with, 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 with oh, just ear to ear smiles, man. <laughs> so, no, that is amazing. You know, that so is that's awesome. kind of where my off-road, you know, excitement started. And then we got out of it because it wasn't really family oriented. It was only two seats in the sandrail. So we were away from the rest of the family and they had to stay back at camp, whatnot. So we sold that or he sold that and got a boat. And then we started boating because he boated as a kid and wanted us to experience that. Seems to... like a good trade-off, though. Yeah, I mean, it was super enjoyable. I love the water. I swam in high school, so I mean, if that doesn't tell you how much I love water, I was, I mean, I was, I was pretty decent at swimming, but uh, life got in the way. So life got in the way, you and know. then graduation. What what sports did you play? I swam. You swam. Yep. You're a swimmer. Yep. I, I, I didn't play ball you... or anything. No contact sports. Uh, I tried little league so- uh, baseball when I was just a youngster um that didn't i was never really i wasn't good at team sports um so swimming was kind of my sis my older sister got me into it she started swimming and then was like well you're you'll probably enjoy this and so i i started and i was i did enjoy it and i was 
fairly good at it. So I and now it. that you say that, looking at you like your 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 shape, your yeah. stre- your skeletal structure looks like you would probably be a very good swimmer. Yep. What year did you graduate high school? Uh, Fourteen. Fourteen. So just yeah, you're barely out. Just, yeah. Just a just a yeah. baby. <laughs> so when did you get into to wheeling, and how did you get into wheeling? So in jeeps and all that through uh, high school, I worked at an automotive shop, repair shop in uh, Sandy, which is just like southeast of where I live, and um, we were friends with the owner of the shop, and so he was able to get me in uh, after school and whatnot, helping around the shop, sweeping, and I slowly got into, you know, doing more and more. I do break jobs, change, yep, to the point where I was rebuilding motors, transmissions, doing all, I mean, everything that a car has on it, I was working on uh, when I left after three years. Uh, and he actually had the Jeep I have sitting in the garage that I was building to race 4,600. He had it for sale and I put the lift on it when he owned it. And then he had it for sale after we got back from Moab, a Moab trip. And my dad let me drive his Ford Explorer and I loved it. And so I'm like, I got to get myself one of these because my dad won't let me drive enough. <laughs> right. And so I went back and I talked to him. I said, what can I do to buy that from you? And he actually helped me out huge. He let me do a personal loan with him or a private loan, however you want to say that and charge me interest and everything. So it was, so you had to work it off. Yeah. yeah it was absolutely a real loan. Um, and I p- spent the next two years paying it off and, yeah, I like how I got into stories it, so. like that. Like like Casey Gilbert. Casey Gilbert bought a, a, a aluminum CJ tub from a guy named Mike Coville at the point where he didn't have any money for it, so he wrote Mike checks for mm-hmm. Mike to cash every two weeks for yeah. uh, for Casey to finally pay it off. And yep. it's it's cool to hear those stories. Like yeah. that there's still these good people in the world yep. that are willing to go out on a limb for a young kid, a young mm-hmm. man, a young guy yeah. that's that they see something in. Yeah, I I mean I'm still to this day. I mean, we don't speak anymore, kind of have sour feelings towards the relationship, but I'm super grateful that he was willing to do that for me. Um, But I think he had his own agenda with doing it, but it, it's it's whatever uh, you, now you, I, you, i've moved past it those are those are things you, you can really only control like what's in your control and yeah. you can't always control other people's emotions and you'll find people are going to be people they're crazy yeah <laughs> they're, they're they, they do things that you know that they may have a reason for at the time but then tomorrow they get a different piece of information and realize mm-hmm. ah, i did that wrong yeah and you know what <laughs> that's living and you hopefully learn from that and cherish that and you move on from it and you don't you know, work to repeat it. Yeah, I'm, for sure. We make, re- I make mistakes every day. Yeah. I mean, yep. I, 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 I'm, I drove all the way out here from uh, Houston in a pre-runner. Like how, <laughs> oh my how genius is that on yeah. 40s? I mean, yep. uh, it, it, I could only go like 200 miles before it needing gas every time. Mm, yeah. I could have flown for half that. I mean, yeah. like, like, like my plane ticket would have got me all the way here, but money-wise, it would have only got me to Phoenix, right? Yeah, but so. you don't get to enjoy the smiles and the experience of driving a pre-runner all the way out here. So, Oh, yeah, it's a good story. And, or yeah. I'm getting yep, some, for get sure. some street yep. cred for <laughs> not just having a, a truck yeah. that only sees pavement, which I guess it did only see pavement here. But Yeah. So you race uh, 4,600. Yep. And you've, you're baby Jeep racing. How, how does baby Jeep what, – where's, where's this okay. name come from? So we're out on the trail. This is – my the jeep before my race car um it when i bought it it was on 31 inch bfgs and had a two inch lift on it that was it open diffs stock diffs um any light bars nope no light bars (laughs) it it was as i mean essentially stock it had a lift and tires on it is all 
Um, and my parents, I, I talked my parents into buying a uh, four-door Rubicon because my dad had just retired and got a good retirement check. And so I, I was spending it for him. Right. Um, That's a good son. Yeah, right? <laughs> well, I'm still spending his money. So, <laughs> so anyway, uh, we would go out on the trail and we'd go to Easter Jeep Safari and we'd pay for a couple rides out there with Red Rock four-wheelers. And they have requirements on what, what trails you're allowed to do with what modifications you have done with your Jeep. Well, we kind of spiffed a little bit, told a little white lie on the website that I had more than I did. We went out on the trail and they found out I didn't have a front locker, but I had a limited slip, which, um, semantics. Yeah. (laughs) It's a rear locker, right? Um, and so I was always the smallest Jeep on the trail and everybody would, Oh, you're not going to make it up that. And I'd walk right up it. And so my mom dubbed it the baby Jeep. And then hers was mama Jeep because hers was bigger, obviously. And, and yours mom. just scoots behind, right? Yep, exactly. <laughs> uh, so that's where baby Jeep racing came from. I was actually struggling with what to call the team when I was getting in or wanting to get into racing. And I went to my mom, I said, what should I call this? I am completely lost. And she's like, why don't you just call it baby Jeep racing? Cause you're racing baby Jeep. And so still to this day, we call it baby Jeep. This is not baby Jeep behind me. This is the race Jeep or the red Jeep or. But it sticks in your head though. It it sticks in your head. Like it's now, if you go to a buggy, I don't know. You may have to go to like baby buggy racing. (laughs) Maybe we'll have to get you like, you have to go through all. all. I've had those thoughts. I'm like, so if I get out of the Jeep, what the hell am I going to call the race team? I love it. And I know you have goals. I mean, you're, I I know you have goals to move on up to the next classes and next class and ultimately run 4,400. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I definitely didn't get this in get in this for the uh, short life. I mean, I I'm in it for the long haul. I I want to be successful. Um, when I found out about Ultra Four was when I was getting in more involved with Jeeps and everything, and I was watching YouTube videos a lot and just getting as much Jeeping as I could when I wasn't in Moab or out in our desert crawling and stuff. And so I found out about Ultra Four and found out about Shannon Campbell, Lauren Healy, and all, all the greats, you know, the Ron, Randy Slossons and all the greats in Ultra 4. And I'm like, I want to beat them someday. And so they all have targets on their back for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, absolutely, I, if, they I, should. I mean, if I ever get the chance, I really hope I do to race against them. I mean, I got to race against Vaughn Ginton Jr. and Lauren Healy at Crandon. Granted, that was in a stock car with over half the horsepower that they have in their cars but hey i still got to tear it up on the same track at the same time with them so i think that is so cool so i i I have exactly kind of the experience like that i've actually raced with them a lot but i have one specific experience with shannon campbell we were in kentucky at sturgis and i'm behind him and but it's where we're out on the course it was basically just the two of us mm-hmm. but, and we were all out and Dave and Tom Ways and JT they didn't want people going so fast straight into the woods it was from a field straight into woods so they came out and added concrete a concrete chicane mm-hmm. and so to go around the chicane you bled speed to go into the woods well Shannon and I you, you got to a point where we were doing it pretty fast mm-hmm. and it was just, Shannon and I I couldn't get around him but we were just fighting it was but it was fun it was me and shannon but my most vivid memory of this race is going into that chicane and both of us coming around the chicane both of us up on the bike two wheels oh man and and, and (laughs) just cutting the corner corner, and we're up and you could hear in my video even in my mind i heard it but in the video you hear him up shifting and me up shifting on the bike as we shot into the trees exactly the stuff that dave and 
and JT. JT didn't want. And Tom, I mentioned Tom Waits because Tom Waits is a hell of a guy with a chainsaw. And so they had him back there clearing trees to make for the, the cars to fit through. And Tom was like, you can't let people shoot into that. At, they're going to be coming out of this field at 100. You can't let them just shoot in these trees. We're mm-hmm. going to kill people. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, Shannon's, yeah, Shannon and those guys are really great competitors. I think they're uh, certainly valiant uh endeavors to go after mm-hmm. knocking them off of their uh, yeah. their stature and they they won't <laughs> yep. go lightly they they, they oh, won't give up a pass not. Yep. they will race you to the beer cooler mm-hmm. they will race you i mean you well, go. it was 2017 shannon raced his own son to the finish line and beat him <laughs> oh yeah yeah that's the one where he tags the wall and the yep. fire and the tire balls go everywhere yep. yep that was one of the most iconic moments it was, was yep. yeah yeah i was when i saw that i was super excited because i was here that was my first experience of king of the hammers in person and i was here for that so that was pretty cool the fun the, the funniest thing i saw come out of that was the memes of koh carried that there was a picture with tire balls in the air and they made it look like uh from super mario you know when like you get hit with a shell oh yeah yeah, and, yeah. The, and the coins go yeah yeah and they made the each of the tire balls were uh were a coin so it looked yeah, like shannon got awesome. hit by a turtle <laughs> I, I I really do uh, I really do love those guys and I think yeah I fully support your effort to go knock them off and they would yeah. fully welcome you coming mm-hmm. to you know take spots from them but they will race you they won't give it up easy <laughs> no. and I wouldn't expect them to I don't want them to right so, so you were gonna race King of the Hammers in 2018 that was was that gonna be your first King of the Hammers yep, yep. so I had just bought the Jeep behind me from. VP Racing, Ben uh, Ben Verosa, and J- Jacob Pacheco. Um, they were selling it after their Reno uh, the Reno Nationals win in 2017, and so they convinced me, and I kind of cursed them on and off throughout the year um, from time to time. That they convinced me to buy it. Um, Ben's wife, Danielle Verosa, she was a huge proponent in convincing me to buy it i it was silver at the time and i told her i said well it's not red the red's my color and she's like well it can be painted i'm like fine so that's what when we bought it we went we picked it up in northern california drove home spent a day at home and then loaded up and went to moab to get some uh seat time me and my dad because my dad used to co-drive for me uh, he doesn't anymore because we're kind of changing the team dynamic and every whatnot. Uh, well, I see your co-driver. He's actually with you today. He You've is. got Chris, Christopher Ray. Yep. And, yeah, he's an athlete. I mean, he's yeah. two, he's got the, the pedals and the two wheels, and he's uh, <laughs> he's fit and doing the Hammers Rock Trails. Yeah. You need a guy that's fit. Absolutely. A guy that can yep. pull some winch cable. A guy that knows the Hammers. Yeah. Oh, and, and that has been just the way he knows the trails. I mean, we were going up Wrecking Ball, and he says, you're coming up on three different options, and you're going to want to take the middle one. I'm like, all right. And he says, I'm getting out because we're winching this one. I'm like, okay. And this was during pre-running. But he said I was going to make it up it, so during the race we might not winch. But so, well, but he knows the trails, and, and it was just amazing to me. And he's taught me a lot about driving. Well, he's worth his weight so. in gold. I mean, he doesn't weigh that much. <laughs> he weighs more gold. than me, so. <laughs> so, but you have a, a story that is just that we're going to dig into, but I really want to get this kind of off my chest of what my view of what a competitor looks like for KOH or a competitor looks like in Ultra 4 Racing. I believe there's three races that happen on race day. Okay. I believe there's a race between the driver and the other drivers. Mm-hmm. So that's the competition between yeah. you and the field. Okay. You can't change the field. No. It's just it's just you, yeah. right? The, the field's going to do what the field does. So like we were talking about, somebody have an opinion or changing their minds and having motives you can't change them 
Yeah. You may want to try. Yeah. <laughs> then you have the, the competition between you as the driver and Mother Nature and the hammer trails and the rocks and what Mother Nature did. If she's going to blow a bunch of wind or not wind and leave all the dust hanging, you've got to contend with that. Moving rocks, you, you know, rainstorms move rocks, traffic moves rocks. That's Mother Nature. Yep. So it's the competition between now you in the field mm-hmm. and now you versus Mother Nature. So yeah. you have those two things. You can't change either of those. Yeah. There are things you cannot change. Yep. And then there's the third one. It's adversity. And it's going on what's going on in your head. You. Mm-hmm. You can change that. You can change you as a driver. Yeah, for sure. And if you, can, if you can change that and train yourself. So you can go work out all you want. And be physically fit, which your co-driver works out a yeah. lot. So he's going to be physically fit and physically trained. But mentally, mm-hmm. you kind of need to be there. You need to be able to take what all those other things throw at you, plus what luck there is and plus what decisions you make on the trail throw at you. And then you got some factors about parts giving up or not giving up. But what's the percent of guys that finish? Yeah. KOH. What's the percent? I, I honestly can not tell you. It's, it's, we'll handicap it at 20% maybe? Sure, yeah. So there's going to be, and I, funny, I had this conversation with Ryan Thomas, you know, president of Ultra 4, mm-hmm. uh, yesterday about this, that there's going to be 80% of the field is going to have to say, I quit on race day. It may I've be been a, there. Yeah. yeah. We've, all, we've all been there. I, I don't think it's, 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 I don't know, a badge of courage, a badge of honor. I mean, it, you raced king of the hammers, and she won. Yep. Yeah. I think that yep. Is, is, yep. Is, is, is what happens. But you just don't want to throw in the towel at the first thing that, you know, oh, man, we got a flat tire. We're out. Yep. Right? Yep. I'm not going to wave the white flag. You know, it's, you know, we have a steering issue. We have all these things. But at some point, there are going to be guys this week during the race, they'll get to a point where they say, I'm done. This is yep. too much. Mentally, I'm out. Yep. And then there's Dawson Allington. <laughs> And you have your story. You have overcome so much adversity. I think in your head that you already are of that "I don't quit" mentality. Mm-hmm. But I think that you're head and shoulders above the field. Well, thank you. Because you 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 know what it is to not quit. You know what it is to fight. And you know what it is to fight for what you want. Mm-hmm. And here's your opportunity. And yeah. I think that I don't know if it gets you another foot down the trail or another mile or it gets you all the way to the finish line. I don't know what that is. That's going to be for you to determine. But of those three pillars of what I think happens on race day, you won't, you can only affect the last one. Mm-hmm. And I think you are mentally better prepared than a lot of people. Now, why are you prepared? What happened so, in 2018? Uh, so going into 20, 2018 King of the Hammers, uh, the day before we were leaving to come down uh, – I got a phone call from my doctor saying that I had a brain tumor. Um, didn't know any more information than that. So, and you guys are packed. Yeah, tra- we're, trailers yep, loaded. Yep, exactly. Foods bought. Yeah. Vacation I mean, taken. Exactly. Yeah, we're off. I mean, I had I had come home for the day and I got the phone call. Come home from the, my last day of work and I was leaving to go to the Hammers. I was going to bed and everything. I got the phone call for for my doctor and. He told me, uh, told me and my mom, and then we sat the rest of my family down. Had to call my older sister because she had moved out. Um, cause she was twenty four at the time, and we told all of them, and you know, tears were happened and everything because you know, never expect to get the phone call that you have a brain tumor. I mean, where does that come from? So Whatever. What, what are you? At There's this no twenty two years old. Twenty four. Tw- yep. No, no. When this happened? Oh, 22, uh, 21? Yeah, twenty two. And to get that call and then 
what was your next call? You call, call, call your mom, I assume? Uh, she was, so the doctor actually called her because I still live at home with my parents. And so the doctor called her and wanted to tell her first, but uh, I was home. So she called and she didn't answer the first time because she was in the store with no reception. And so he left a voicemail and said, you need to call me back. And so we called back and she had, had him on speaker and I heard and everything. And I just, you know, I, it was shocking, but I just like, wow. And she started to tear up and crush you guys. Kind of. It was, it was definitely a, a punch in the gut for sure. I mean, we'd come so far to race King of the Hammers and that this has been my dream since I found about, found out about it. Um, so wow. anyway, uh, we, but what was your decision? So you found so this out. The, we told my family, and it was kind of funny. My dad was like, so are we not going to King of the Hammers then? I said, no, we're going because, I mean, this is a life-threatening deal, and I've been dreaming of this day forever, so I'm not going to miss it. And so we loaded up and came to King of the Hammers and raced. Uh, See, that's that's the mindset of uh, what a mindset of a winner looks like to me. Like, like what ha- you the mental thing. It's not that you took the ad- you took adversity and you you rose to the occasion and said, "Okay, yeah, yeah this this may be it. I'm not I'm not going to go sulk in my room. Yeah, let's go. Yep. And so, 2018 was the first time I had ever wheeled in King Hammer or in Johnson Valley. Uh, isn't a magnificent I'd, place. I had wheeled in Moab, and I've done some of the hardest trails in Moab, which, I mean, in comparison to Johnson Valley, they're nothing. <laughs> I got here, and me and my dad went out pre-running, and we're like, we're in for it. <laughs> uh, we did pretty well that first year. We got we timed out at the last checkpoint um, in third place. So it was kind of, I mean, we were definitely, you know, had our heads held high. We were happy that we had even made so it that there, far. Were we there drove the finishers? Yes. Yep. It was uh, the year Jesse Combs won okay. the stock class. And Chris Ray, my co-driver, actually was co-driving for her. I, I found that out after getting in contact with him. And I'm like, well, this is your second year, so yeah, <laughs> let's, let's go. Yeah, let's do it. Yep. But, um, but, yeah, I mean, it was just – it was a very proud moment for me because just to come here and get to compete was a win for me. Uh, and then we got, we timed out in third place, which was awesome. And the Jeep, there was nothing wrong with the Jeep. We didn't have any issues. We just got stuck in traffic, drove the Jeep back to the camp, parked it for the night, pulled it on the trailer the next morning, went home. And, and then, and then went to face life. And what that, yep. well, you're here today. So what, what, what happened here? What, how'd that work so out? So we, finished uh well we went and saw the neurosurgeon and it was kind of a blessing in disguise he happens to be a race car driver himself and we told him what i did and that i didn't want to give it up and he's like all right go race and we had planned on racing the series the western series and so he's like all right go finish your year we'll monitor the brain tumor because it wasn't big enough for that he was concerned about it it was only one centimeter and we went and raced the series in September. We were getting ready, f- or we had just come back from Ridgecrest, and I started feeling really bad. Like, like I wasn't eating anything. I was getting dizzier, like, out of nowhere. And that's how I found out about the brain tumor. I would get really dizzy. Uh, and I was getting dizzier out of nowhere. And so I told my mom, I said, something's wrong. We need to go back to the doctor. And so we went and we had another scan. Come to find out it had grown a little bit. And so we were getting ready to go to... Uh, nationals and we were in the points lead so we wanted to finish the year strong and so we went we 
won that race and got national championship. And then on November 1st of 2018, I had brain surgery. So uh, nationals the, is what yeah, right there in October. Yep. So a few weeks, a few weeks after so that I think it, surgery, I want to say it was like a week after we had won nationals. I went in for brain surgery and I didn't tell anybody. Nobody knew about this. Um, I, over the 2018 season, I came, became really close with Levi Shirley and I ended up telling him and that was the only person in the racing community that knew. Um, I had my mom sign into my social media on her phone and she started posting about it and that's when everybody found out about it. And then the timeline after the surgery is foggy to me. I think it was three, maybe four weeks I was in the hospital recovering and then we went and had another uh, MRI and went to see the oncologist, the neuro-oncologist and he gave me a three, three to four, maybe five, life expectancy before this comes back and they can't do anything about it. So that was, that was definitely tough to hear, but I was still recovering from the brain surgery. So I was like in a daze and he told me that. And it was like a month later I had to ask my mom, I'm like, did the doctor tell me I was going to die in five years? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, kind of. Um, so it, it's been wow. a tough thing to get over and cu- come to grips with, but I'm not giving up. No, well, there's no giving up. How did um, you, I mean, you're a big part of the the racing community now. You've had, you've got a national championship under your belt. Mm-hmm. You you didn't you don't have it from last year. You're you're gonna you're going after it this year. Absolutely. What was the uh, reaction from the racing community from your peers? Uh, from the other stock class, I was I mean very warm, and everybody was messaging. Uh, me on social media if they had my number they were texting me letting me know that if there's anything I need let them know because Feel, they'll be feels there good doesn't me. it oh absolutely yeah great community so and even people that were I mean not in the class that knew about knew me and knew about it they were definitely warm so it was awesome I mean when you have like uh the power of prayer yeah, and when you have a community as big as Ultra Four, and as with as many racers as many support staff, and that that's a story like that spreads like wildfire. Oh yeah, and I, I regretfully i I didn't hear it. <laughs> yeah, I no didn't worries. hear it until uh, you know somebody told me I needed to talk to you, and I started looking you up. I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's <laughs> let's see what this guy's made of, and um, I really like your mindset. I like what's going on in your head. I like your you know your ability to overcome adversity that you've checked you've already checked into that space that says I don't quit and you yeah. know what it takes to get there. I know that's a hard place to get to. Some people never get there and, uh, and they give up too early and some, <laughs> they, they should have quit earlier on some stuff <laughs> and they, they don't know like, like unis never die. Uh-huh. Right. You know? Um, and honestly, I ask myself that quite often. I'm like, am I just doing this for nothing at this? I, I don't know. I mean, should I be changing direction and going and doing other things? But I've wanted this for so long and it's, I don't know, to be able to put that helmet on and slam that visor shut and just put the pedal to the floor, it, no better feeling. It feels me. good. Hell huh? oh, yeah. Well, we talked about a little bit about, you know, like racing and cost and, you know, I guess being rich or whatever. And uh, I, th- I look at it as you adjusting your view of what that is and i think it's memories i think it's you know if you know even even someone who has a lot lot more years of age on you if they went tomorrow were were there memories 
valuable mm-hmm. or were they not for not? And yeah. looking at you, man, you're, you're actually killing it in the memory department. You're, you know, kicking ass and taking names out here. Like I said, you were national champ already once and that was your rookie year, right? Yeah. That yeah. was my first year racing ever. I had never raced anything, com- done anything competitive other than swim. So that was, it's definitely, I mean, exciting to have happen. I never expected it for sure. Oh, I think that's awesome. So where are you at in the process now? So I get, uh, go, I go back in for MRI checkups every, and they keep on extending it, but it's about, on average, it's been three to four months. In, in, so I have one coming up in March that, uh, you know, fingers crossed, prayers out there that it's clear. Um, my last one was a brain and spine because where the tumor was located, the cancer cells could have uh, went into my spine. And so that was one of the things that sucked about finding out about this. I had to have a spinal tap. And it's kind of a funny story, actually. Um, and it's not the band. No, no, it's not the band. So they actually go into your spinal cord with a needle and it sends a shock to your left foot. At least it did my left foot. Hurts like hell. It's the worst thing to ever have happen. Now Um, you mentioned to me something about the left side of your body and not being able you that you can't co-drive and get into. Is that right? Is that part of that or? So that was from the brain surgery. Uh, And when when was your brain surgery? I should ask that already. It was November first of twenty eighteen and. I went through a lot of uh, rehab to try to get my left hand working again. I, my left eye didn't work coming out of surgery. It's now, it's somewhat back. If I look to my left, I get double vision. Um, But yeah, I, I stumble and I have balance issues. Uh, I can't hold a wrench with my left hand, which sucks big time because I work on my car. (laughs) Um, But the spinal tap was just to check to see if there's any cancer cells in my spine. And uh, they go in, I mean, it was just a little tiny needle going to your spinal cord, but they numb it around it, uh, around the skin, so you don't feel the needle going in, but you feel it in your spine, which sucks. My toes are curdling up right now. I could imagine. Yeah, mine are just thinking about it. Uh, But with that comes severe headaches the day after. And to the point where you'll throw up with them. And I absolutely did. Um, Does that still happen? No. Unless I get really, really stressed out. Is that uh, going to be a problem partying with you? Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, I'm not a partier, so you don't have to worry about that. Uh, but I, w- I can't remember exactly what happened. I was sitting up for a long time. I went and I laid back down and I got the worst headache I've ever had. And with the surgery came headaches and everything, but this was a headache like any other, unlike any other. Um, and then I had a bandaid on my back over where they put the needle in, but I thought this thing was a monster bandaid. I felt like it spanned the entire back. And I was telling my mom, I'm like, it's pulling on my back. Cause I, you know, I can't see my back, obviously no human can. And so I'm like, it's pulling on my back and I can't even feel it. Cause it was in the middle of my back. And she's like, it's just a small little bandaid, Dawson. What's your problem? Quit being a baby. And I'm like, no, it's huge. It's so big back there. It hurts. And she pulls it off and shows it to me. And it's just a little finger bandaid. I'm like, okay, this is ridiculous. 
<laughs> oh, you're kind of reminding me of what I'm flashing to in my head is the the you see the, like the viral YouTube videos of after the kids have been woken up from uh, having like their molars taken out and yeah and, and, they, yep. and they've they've been gassed and they're like uh, and the mom videotapes them saying dumb things mm-hmm. because they're still kind of well, high there's on. some dumb things said after <laughs> when I was coming uh, to in the uh, ICU. <laughs> I'm sure I, I vaguely remember in and out saying some pretty dumb stuff. So I w- ho- I was kind of hoping she would record it for me so I could watch it and laugh at myself later, but she didn't. And I, it's all right because I'm sure there was things said that shouldn't be repeated. <laughs> Fair enough. So did you have to do chemo or anything like that? So I did 31 treatments of radiation. Oh, wow. Yeah. Lose um, your hair and everything. Yep. Yep. That's why it's so long now. It's kind of a trophy for me. Uh, I've never had my hair this long in my entire life I don't like long hair it irritates the hell out of me but it came back super curly after the radiation and I just kept it because it's kind of it's a trophy for me well I, I I had an idea as we're talking about this if you ever have to go through that again and lose your hair again you need to go to your hero Shannon Campbell and see if Shannon will donate his locks. For sure. Because if yep. you've seen his hair yeah, this have. week, his hair is out of control. So he had curly hair at Nationals, and I had a feeling I should go up to him and say, hey, are you trying to challenge me for the best curls on, in Ultra Ford? What the hell, man? What did he say? I didn't I didn't go up to him. I was too nervous about talking to him about that. I oh, don't know Shannon why. is so approachable. Oh, he's, he's, probably the nicest, he's probably the nicest guy in Ultra 4, and... You know, like many of us have talk, talking about Shannon and bringing Shannon up. Shannon really set the standard by which competition in Ultra 4 mm-hmm. exists. Like that it is a still friendly competition. I'd rather beat you on the trail. I'll beat you on the course than me hiding stuff from you. He's yeah. an open book. And I think him, you know, Jason Shear and I talked about this a few weeks ago. It's that guy set the standard yeah. by which we all still live by today. Now, I was with him last night in his pit last night. They were doing some work and he was angry and throwing things but i mean that's to be that's just <laughs> yeah, to be sad as the night yeah. before utv race For and sure. yep. he, he and uh, i don't know how he and jason Berger did today but i mean when we're talking about really good co-drivers jason Berger, you know yeah. winning his co-driver in ultra four history so chris somebody uh so <laughs> your, your co-driver has some competition yeah yep <laughs> so we set the bar pretty high well, what's your next goals um, to win King of the Hammers. I have timed out in the same spot 10 minutes out of time, two years in a row, and I want to get that monkey off my back. Uh, that's where Chris comes in. I'm hoping he can get me through because he has incredible skill when it comes to making notes and keeping me calm. I mean, even out just pre-running, uh, it's incredible. Uh, and his just way of being is awesome. So, Well, I, th- I mean, I'm glad you brought that up. That's a great segue to talk about the competition out there that new guys are actually somewhat handicapped racing at the Hammers versus a guy that's been racing out here since 2006. Yeah. No, sorry, since 2007 or 8 or 9 or yep. 10 or 11 or 12. The, the guys have been here, the trails are the same. Mm-hmm. Now, parts of them move and shift because oh, of yeah. Mother Nature, yep. but you know where they are. You know what you could do and what you can get away with. You know what's over that rise. So, yeah, the, there's some tribal knowledge Absolutely. that these guys yep. have their advantage. It used to be... Randy Slauson was highly advantaged in 4,400 <laughs> yeah. at King of the Hammers because he lived here. I mean, he was out here every weekend on a dirt bike or in uh, any of number of rock crawlers that he built well before the bomber became his signature mm-hmm. vehicle. But he knew it. He knew it. And so he knew everything like the back of his hand. So he had that tribal knowledge that gave him such a wicked advantage. 
it's hard to get that without years and years and years of being here. I think you made a smart call by enlisting a co-driver that yeah. has a lot of that tribal knowledge yeah. and a lot of the course kind of already in tap in his head. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, super excited to start the race and, and see what we can do. Okay. I have one last story, question, whatever it is okay. that I'm very curious about. It's actually it's actually a little creepy to me, but I gotta figure I, I gotta get to the bottom. There is this doll in okay. the driver's oh, side yeah. seat Pearson. of, uh, of yep. Pearson. He has a name. Yep. So and it's a he, I'm assuming, based yep. on Pearson. Okay. Yep. So Lindsay What's, Fisher with Ultra Four. I I could be wrong on this. I'm pretty sure this is correct though. Uh at Stampede this last year, somehow she goofed on my name uh, on the timing sheets and put me down as Pearson, P-E-A-R-S-O-N. Okay. Kind of the same uh, spelling, a couple extra letters. But so the announcers and everything were calling out Pearson Ellington during the race and all my uh, friends and family watching were like, who is this Pearson? What's, what's going on? <laughs> and so I had no idea. And then I was watching the main 4400 race and everybody was calling me Pearson. I'm like, what is happening right now? <laughs> and my parents finally, or my mom finally told me because she was out there taking pictures. She's like, the announcers were calling you Pearson the whole time. I'm like, well, where did that come from? And so it's kind of funny. It's still on Ultra Four's uh, recap of Stampede 2019. And so you can go watch it. And at the end of it, it uh, uh, shows who got podiums. And I got third place. And it says Pearson Ellington, third place. And it's kind of funny. It shows a picture or a little clip of the Jeep. And so my mom just ran with it. She's like, you know what? We're just going to go with this. And on the drive home, it's a good she, joke. <laughs> she came up with a Bitmoji for that was Pearson. Put, I mean, made him look the same as me, blue eyes. Uh, no hair, beanie on, because I was wearing because of the surgery and the cancer and everything. I had no hair, so I, every I was cold constantly. I right. lost forty pounds overnight, um, just from the surgery. And then I got I was one eighty. I got down to one eighteen through radiation oh, wow. treatment. Um, still not anywhere close to my target weight. Um, I'm yeah. only at one forty on my good days. So you're fighting your way back up. Yep, and that comes from my dad's meta or my. My dad's side of the family's metabolism. We just have an incredibly high metabolism. We can't gain weight for nothing. So, uh, but anyway, she came up with the Bitmoji. And then in September of last year, she got in contact with this uh, lady on Etsy. And she made dolls and challenged her to make a 48-inch doll. And that's Pearson. I got him three weeks ago. And she recorded me opening him up and everything and it was it was kind of funny my dog actually thought it was a toy for him and started chewing Chew on, on it it's <laughs> just like no that's kind of an expensive doll you're not going to chew him apart that is funny so there is a funny story behind this uh this doll over here yeah. pearson he's your he's like an alter ego yeah yeah he's he gets to do the things that i can't so he gets is, to is say, he a better driver than you that's debatable <laughs> <laughs> uh, is he a better he, co-driver than uh than chris Rea? I don't know. Debatable too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll we'll know more after yeah. Wednesday. Yep, yep. Yeah. All right, man. Dawson. Dawson. I lied. I had one more question for okay. you. I didn't. I have another. All right. Quilting? Is this a real thing? Or are you trying to? Uh, okay. Are you trying so, to pump me? All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, I'm like glad the, you brought this up. The, that you've discovered quilting, and I'm like, no way, this kid's real. Like, yeah. Like, no, I'm glad you brought this up. So, I 
have a quilt that is a king size quilt. I built it in three days when I was 14. Um, it's a made out of Levi's. I cut the Levi's uh, into four by four squares, s- sewn them together with my mom's uh, sewing machine and everything in three days. Uh, quilted it and everything. My family helped me quilt it. It's a tied quilt. And so oh, going wow. through what I went through, I always wanted a blanket because I was always cold. I still to end to this day. My mom made me, uh, growing up, she made us, we called them trailer blankets because we had a, a bumper pull aljo that had bunks on it. And she made them exactly the same dimensions as the bunk. As the bunk, yeah. Yep. And so we always had them, but I, genius. I destroyed mine. It, it has holes everywhere. I used the heck out of it. And so... I came up with this idea that, you know what, I, as a race owner, driver, whatever you want to call me, uh, I have leftover shirts from previous years. Like we put our, you know, 2018, whatever on it. Plus event shirts. Event shirts, exactly. And so, and then uh, sponsor shirts shirts and everything. So this one that we made is actually made out of uh, Curry Enterprises sponsor shirts and some of our shirts. And I see this, you know, Ray Curry set you guys up. Yeah, yeah, he uh, came on board and, and helped out a lot, uh, which I can't thank him enough. He's, He's such a great yeah. individual, such yep. a good human. Yeah, and so with the trailer blanket, I had outgrown it, and so I couldn't get it to my neck without uncovering my feet, and then my feet would <laughs> get cold. Because how so, tall are you? You're pretty tall. I'm 6'1", six 6'2", six on a good day. Um and so I challenged my mom. I said, Mom, I need a longer blanket. And so she made me a longer blanket, tied it and everything. And she thinks she did it in like 24 hours. It was insane. And so she um, she actually sewed all this together. I I asked her to do this for me while I was so getting the race car is, ready. This is it, the baby Jeep racing yep. out of T-shirts blanket. Yeah, we didn't want to tie cool it because that? tying is time-consuming and kills your thumbs. If you've ever tied a quilt, you'd know. But I went and bought a sewing machine so I could do a special stitch just for this blanket. So you know how to sew? I do. Yep. That is a cool skill. Yep. My mom taught me. She actually owned a uh, pajama company. Uh, She made different types of pajamas. She called it uh, bed bugs, I believe. And yeah. I am impressed. So it's, I think, at least in my part of the world, it seems like a a lost or dying art. Yeah. throw this back to your mom yeah, who's behind sure. the scenes so, or your dad okay yeah. so i i really did believe um i thought you were trying to punk me like no. i was like what's this kid no. talking about Actual quilting quilt. yep. and uh yep. no you were dead serious yeah That's, i uh, i actually thoroughly enjoy sewing i'd like doing anything that you make from scratch like and so i mean fabricating and stuff i love building stuff i actually built the light bar mounts that or the light pod mounts on the race car i've done a lot of the different modifications to this race car i like to build things out of scratch and and challenge myself to do things that aren't the norm and quilting I, you said it right there challenge yourself with things that aren't the norm yep and as long as you keep challenging yourself there's there's no end yeah oh that's how this that's how this podcast started it's yeah, just a personal sure. challenge yeah. yep who knew six months later we'd be <laughs> sitting in laser town the night before some crazy storm yeah you and i sitting here talking yep. uh and the just that whole challenging yourself would lead to us crossing paths. Dawson, thank you for coming out. Yeah, I'm very glad you. to met you. Very glad yeah, to. I'm glad to be sitting here glad with to you. Glad to hear your so, story. Yep. And hopefully, everyone else who hears your story is uh, also challenged to. Uh, yeah, just don't. I mean, don't give up. 
I mean, no matter what happens, I mean, I, I'm not going to say that I've gone through the worst of it, but I mean, I have had, it's been the worst of it for me and I've been challenged to the end and I'm still here. Well, you know so. how to overcome adversity yep. and that's really the thing that impresses me. And I hope you overcome all adversity in your race this week in the 4,600 class. I want to see you on the podium again and I want to see you, you know, on the national points race again this year. Yeah. I would, well, I'd love to be there. So good luck. <laughs> yep, thank you thank for you. coming on. Dawson. Yeah. Thank awesome you, to meet you. Yeah. Like I said, everyone who said I needed to interview, they were all right. <laughs> all right. We're out. Thank you for listening and taking a dive into the Talent Tank. Please like and subscribe on Instagram at the Talent Tank or our website, thetalenttank.com.